When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I do love Fridays, not because it's the start of the weekend, but because I get to hear your beefs with me in our Clark Stink segment. Also today, I'm going to talk about rising food costs and why grocery stores may actually be happy about that. But first, let's talk about you not being happy with me. Now, you hear advice, info, and opinions from me, and sometimes they ring true with you, and other times it's like you think I lost my mind. I need to hear from you when you feel like I'm off base, when you feel like I'm giving bad guidance to someone, or you just think I'm lame. That's why you can go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and post where you feel I missed the mark. And then weekly... Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you right here. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Clark, you don't stink, but you've been missing some opportunities to encourage listeners to make money while having access to cheap travel. The travel industry is booming while customer service is suffering with, as you addressed, a lack of employees. Many airlines are hiring part-time, full-time, and seasonal openings, and many of these come with travel benefits. When people are receiving little to no service, take the time to encourage listeners to see if there is availability near them. The work can be tough and thankless, but getting to travel spontaneously and cheaply can make up for it. Leah. Okay, Leah, I am smiling ear to ear because I got to tell you a funny thing. So I was in the airport yesterday in an airport in Florida, and there was an ad in there trying to get people to apply for airline industry jobs in the airport itself with the same thing you said about how wouldn't it be great to be able to travel for little or nothing? Come and work for the travel industry. And so you are on the money. The airlines have significant shortages of employees because they got so many people to take early retirement last year during the worst of COVID. And so this is a great opportunity. And I got to confess something. I was thinking, hey, maybe I should see if I should apply. (laughs) Maybe I could do something part-time and get free flight benefits because I am travel addicted. All right. Now, there are two very different reactions to the same question. So I'm going to read the first one here. Clark, you stink when it comes to your bias against medical expense sharing ministries. They are an awesome way to get health coverage for those of us that can't afford the insanely expensive traditional insurance. You stated on your July 12th program that members of health sharing ministries don't get discounts on health services. Wrong. 
I'm a MediShare member, and as part of my membership, I also belong to the PHCS Medical Network. As long as I go to their network providers, I get substantial discounts. It's one of the largest networks in the country, and I've had no problem finding providers. Please educate yourself on these great programs. Thanks, and I love your podcast, James. And do you want to hear the other one as well? Someone wrote in asking for advice on obtaining health coverage as an early retiree in his late 30s. You offered up an HSA qualified plan, which is great, but then you suggested he look into a health care sharing ministry. These ministries offer only the illusion of coverage since they deny a claim for any reason and or no reason. And unlike the insurance company, there's no state regulator to go to if you think they have handled something unfairly. You mentioned insolvency of the company as a risk, but you didn't mention the fact that their coverage is full of holes and exclusions. A recent episode of the HBO show John Oliver looked into these and found that on average they only spend about 20% of every dollar they bring in on medical expenses. Compare that to a real health insurance plan where they're required by law to spend at least 80% of every premium dollar. A sharing ministry may be better than nothing, but just like self-insuring, you're playing with fire and you have no recourse if they leave you hanging. You should at least po- have pointed him to healthcare.gov first because he may be surprised at the potential subsidies available. And that's from Wesley. So James and Wesley, obviously health coverage remains a very polarizing issue in the United States. And I mention the religious-based co-ops, if you will, that are not truly health insurance because they are very inexpensive but they are not traditional health insurance. And everything that you said, Wesley, is pretty much true. And James, in your case, that the one you're with, you were able to go to people who negotiated um, insurance-like rates for seeing a physician or seeing medical providers. The reality is a lot of people can't afford a true, real health insurance policy. And at the same time, Wesley, you mentioned they may qualify for a subsidy on healthcare.gov that would make a full uh, health insurance policy, a real one, affordable. For many people, it won't be. And that brings us back to the issue you raised better than nothing. You know, I don't look at the religious-based co-ops as better than nothing. I look at them as a different way of providing some level of coverage. It is not guaranteed. Some of the religious co-ops have not provided the services to their members promised, but it is a matter of trust, not normal insurance backing. There's no way for me to talk about this without alienating many someones, but it is a product in the marketplace that there are people that love and there are people who hate, but it is an option, and it's important that I bring it to the table. Clark, you do stink. A couple asked you for guidance on education savings. Your usual enthusiasm for a Roth IRA got in the way of a key fact. You said they could use it tax-free. Wrong. Sure, they could take out their contributions tax-free, although they did already pay taxes on the Roth contributions. The earnings are not tax-free unless the owners of the Roth are at least 59 and a half years old. The education benefit of the Roth is that the 10% penalty is avoided. Well, Anonymous, I want to tell you, I'm probably stunk in how I explained it because I always say if you take the money prior to retirement, you can only take your contributions. You can never take the earnings. You leave your earnings in the Roth plan. 
And if I fail to say that, that is a really stinky thing on my part because I know it and say it regularly. And you are completely right. If you use a Roth IRA as a potential piggy bank to pay for college education versus using a 529, you never, ever touch anything other than the money you contributed, never its earnings. Clark, I hate to say it, but you stink on LED light bulbs. You said they would last a lifetime. That's not always true. I have a 14-year-old house that had all incandescent bulbs in it. Some of the incandescent bulbs have never gone out. I switched them all out about three or four years ago with the LED bulbs. Since then, I've had to replace at least five or six bulbs. Some would just flicker on and off while others went out completely. Same thing on my boat trailers, but I guess they do use less voltage. It's a good thing I didn't buy them when they were $25 a bulb, Danny. Danny, I am so sorry you've been snake bit with LED bulbs. Um, The LED bulbs generally last an exceedingly long period of time. You may have had a bad production run. Uh, I don't know what could be causing the problem, but it is unusual. The great news, Danny, is that LED bulbs routinely go on sale now for less than a dollar a bulb, and they save a ton of money on your electric bill. Is for the incandescents never having gone out, you are really, really lucky with that. That's very unusual. Uh, Mr. Howard, and I say Mr. Howard because I am disappointed in you. Oh, man. I heard you talking about third-party sellers selling on Walmart and Amazon and such. I can't speak for Walmart and others, but as a seller on Amazon, I can speak to it. I find offensive the way you present third-party sellers as bad. You don't necessarily say it, but you imply that we just ship it and customers are left in the lurch. As an Amazon seller, I and all my fellow sellers are bound by Amazon policies just as if Amazon itself sold the product. Whatever return policy applies to a product Amazon sells applies to that same product if a third party sells it. Returns are product-based, not who's selling it based. Electronics have a different policy than dental products, for instance. Returns are easy and basically, for any reason, oftentimes costing us sellers the product cost and original shipping cost since many of us sell prime and or don't charge for the shipping. Clark, your implied word carries as much weight as your explicit word. Many of us trust that you're giving great advice, and this recent misinformed implications, you've probably scared many people away from third-party sellers, many of whom are mom-and-pop stores like me. And then he says, my personal business has my personal cell phone number listed as a contact, and I will take anything back for any reason. Your words have power. Please don't wield your weapon unfairly against undeserving people. Thanks, Greg. Greg, I I am really sorry that I offended you and caused you upset, so much so that you call me Mr. Howard. I have really upset you if you're saying that. So I don't know what context I was speaking about the third-party seller thing, but what many people are not aware of is that most things sold on Amazon are sold by third parties with Amazon being kind of like an electronic mall, only a, a small, small percent of things sold on Amazon.com are actually being sold by Amazon. Amazon provides different levels of service to merchants, uh, including fulfillment of orders for many, warehousing for many, any of a number of levels of behind-the-curtains 
support that Amazon can offer and merchants choose what of that they want to use. The issue with third-party sellers involves where Amazon, when they've had something on there, and they may have called it Amazon Choice or whatever, and the product turns out to be dangerous or defective, what Amazon has been sued for is not standing behind the customer when something happens or when an item is misrepresented. In no way would I imply that people using the eBay platform, the Amazon platform, the Walmart Plus platform, Target, or any of the others that provide a platform for third-party sellers, that by being a third-party seller, that somehow you were suspicious or not okay. What most people don't understand, though, is that depending on the individual circumstance and the relationship of the independent merchant to whichever the platforms you're on, the treatment of the consumer could vary. And your pride in what you do says somebody buying from you is never going to have a problem. That's not necessarily true for every independent seller. I think that Clark has lost his diamond sharp edge when it comes to looking for a bargain. When a listener told Clark that lab diamonds have very little resale value as used, that sounds like a great opportunity to shop the secondhand market for an even greater deal. Tim. Tim, I mean, you're so right. After we uh, had that comment, I said to my wife exactly that. I said, Lane, there may be a great opportunity to get even better deals on diamonds buying used lab-created ones. If the diamond market really has no respect for the used lab-created, and what I can't figure out, since they're chemically identical and they're in the secondhand market, how does anybody even know that it was lab-created instead of dug out of the earth? Inquiring minds want to know the answer to that, but I love the idea. This is an additional way to get an even better deal. Clark wasn't wrong, but his unfailing love of target date funds has prevented him from giving the best advice. The 22-year-old with the 0.9% expense ratio 2055 target date fund should see if his 403B offers a lower expense S&P 500 index fund and total international fund plus bonds if wanted, but at 22, many would consider a, the 2055 fund too conservative anyway. You can often DIY a target date fund at a fraction of the cost for 20 minutes that it takes to rebalance each year. Thanks for all the savings, Sam. Sam, okay, this is a very valuable post you've done because we just went through a long, long discussion about this with the updates we're doing to my 529 college savings plan guide. And we were debating, what do you do if there's a state that has a really high-cost age-based portfolio, as it's usually referred to for a 529 account, but you could go in and do like a total stock market or S&P 500 market index fund in the 529 at a very low cost. And here's the thing. If somebody has some level of interest or understanding of investing, and they're doing a 529, and they're willing to do the rebalancing, as you talked about, or in a uh, 403B or 401K or whatever, if there's a huge spread between the cost of something simple like a target retirement fund, and then at a much, much lower cost, some of the the wide index funds like S&P 500, total stock market, international index, and they're willing to do that work, 
you're completely right. Um, a lot of people don't really get into the investing thing. They just want it to be automatic. And for people like that, that's where the target retirement funds become ultra important. Clark's advice to set Google Maps to avoid tolls stinks. On a recent trip through New York and New Jersey, avoiding tolls would have taken me two hours and 38 minutes out of the way and added tons of additional miles to my vehicle. At the IRS rate of 56 cents a mile, it would have cost me more than 10 times the amount of the tolls that I paid. Additionally, the added stress of driving that much farther and the risk of having some type of accident or delay in that unnecessary route deviation would never be reasonable. Signed, Traveling North. Traveling North, thank you. And the situation we were talking about involved um, when I would do a business trip and be in a rental car and the rental car company just gouges you on the tolls. In those circumstances in a local area, I set the navigation to avoid tolls. On an over-the-road trip, I have not done that. But I never really thought about the aspect you're bringing to the table that you could end up lengthening your trip enormously. But I will tell you, different than the thing in states that love to toll everything, you may find that you can do a routing when you're doing a, a long-distance road trip, avoid tolls, then do this, the routing again without avoiding tolls. And in many cases, you're not going to see a big time difference between the two. You're just going to save money. Next, I got something for you about the supermarkets. You know, we're seeing higher and higher food prices. Why are the supermarkets not necessarily upset about the prices going up? That and your questions coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. If you're a regular supermarket shopper, you've seen the prices of the things you regularly buy, marching upward. And we've talked about shrinkflation, where the brand name manufacturers may be reducing the ounces or the quantity or the unit size of something in order to indirectly raise prices without you directly seeing it, leaving the price the same, but giving you less for your food dollar. I've seen it at restaurants where prices have gone up or a lot of restaurants reducing the quantity you get. But the supermarket thing is something that's so obvious to people because most everybody goes to a supermarket every week. And you know this was this price before if you're a price-oriented shopper and now it's this much more. 
And we notice that particularly some items have gone up quite a bit. But I'll tell you something funny, and I've seen this in an industry publication, then I saw it, it may have been in Barron's or the Wall Street Journal, that uh, supermarkets, it was an interview with the CEO of Kroger, and they're not that agitated about grocery prices going up, and listen why. This is a win-win for you. I told you last year, Americans have actually been reducing their purchases of store brands, of generics. They've been buying more brand names. Well, the store brands are so much cheaper. Uh, you know, typically maybe 20, 30% cheaper than the advertised brands. And those store brands, which changed so much over the decades, is store brands used to be pitiful. They used to be pathetic. I told a story that I've had people, I told it last year, and people said that was the funniest thing you told about A&P. So you may not be old enough to remember when A&P was the world's largest supermarket. And A&P was like everywhere. And when I was in college, I didn't have a car most of college, and I'd walk to the A&P. And money was really tight for me. And so AMP had these uh, generics that had, most of it was canned goods. They had a white label with black type, no logo, nothing. It would say green beans or baked beans or corn or whatever. It would just be in this white label. And they were really cheap and they were terrible. But, you know, I was a teenager and it was filling and that was it. And so a lot of people who grew up in the era I did in the 70s have this idea that a store brand is just rotten terrible. But that's not the way it is now. So going back to the CEO Kroger, he told the interviewer, hey, you know, this is probably good for us. I'm paraphrasing because people are going to buy more of our own label and we make more money on those. And I was thinking how funny that is because food prices overall have gone up four point something percent over the last year. I mean, some items have gone way up. Others have stayed the same. Some surprisingly have gone down. It's, I guess it's always like that with food. And when you buy the store brand, you get annoyed that one of the brand names has gone up 10%, 20%, whatever in price. You turn around, you buy the store brand, you're paying less than you were before. And most of the time, you're going to be shocked with the quality of the item. So I know that the food inflation has been a burden on a lot of people. And if you are already buying all store branded, then you are being punished by that. You're suffering. So what do you do if you already have been squeezing out of every dollar, everything you could? I love for you with things that are non-perishable or semi-perishable. When those items rotate on sale, stock up on those items. When something's expensive, don't buy it. I mean, all of us who lived through the galloping inflation of the late 70s, I know for you that may be like, that was in the history books. But anyway, we had prices in America going up over 1% a month. 
general inflation. In some categories, we're going through the roof. And so we became very adept at buying only what was on promotional, only what was a deal at the time. And, you know, I'm obsessed with looking for ways to save money. And we have the most competitive grocery markets we've ever had in the United States. People on the East Coast, in addition to whoever the regionals are and Walmart, have both Lidl and Aldi beating each other up for market share. And around the country, Aldi is almost everywhere now, and they are absolutely the lowest cost place to buy groceries. So if the price inflation in the supermarket has been bugging you, you should really give Aldi a try. If you did it long ago and you're like, who would ever shop here? Let me tell you, their parking lots are full. Try it again. And you may save money that way. So know that in a time that prices are rising, a lot of people are willing to try new things, break old habits. And this is one of those times you may make a change that will save you money day after day and year after year. Krista? Okay, Greg in Virginia has a question about this. He wants to know specifically why beef prices have gone up so much recently. So a lot of this is speculation, Greg. Um, One of the things that's happened in the beef processing plants is people work in extreme close conditions with each other. And there's been terrible, terrible... Uh, coronavirus spreading through the meat processing plants. Tragically, with a lot of deaths, a lot of long haulers who've had extreme symptoms from coronavirus, and it's terribly hard, difficult work. It's been uh, brutal for the food plants, like processing chicken, processing beef, uh, so many of the food plants to be able to maintain a stable workforce. And so that is a big factor. You know, the the farmer, the rancher, has not been getting great money for their cattle or their other livestock. So this is this is really a problem midway through the food chain. And the thing about it is it always self-corrects. I mean, you think in history, this always self-corrects because there are price signals that happen where people say, you know what, that costs too much. I'm going to eat this instead. I'm going to buy this and eat that instead. And you know where you'll really see it is if you go to a restaurant, pay close attention to what they're pushing as specials. They're always pushing as specials what they got a deal on from their food suppliers. And it's just a rotation And that's what we do. The people who think they're going to have a big market advantage from this are the people who make the fake meats. People like Impossible and Beyond and uh, all the traditional mainline food companies are now uh, making and selling different fake meats. And they believe that the price points are getting to where they, instead of being more expensive than real hamburgers and stuff like that, that they're going to be at a price advantage at a lower cost point than the traditional cattle-produced beef. And about the lab-grown diamonds again, Sepp in California says, I recently heard Clark mention the lab-created diamonds that he bought for his wife. I was looking for similar earrings but could not find them at the same price. It was double what Clark paid. 
can you let me know where Clark found such a great deal? Yeah, I found the earrings from the one that's owned by De Beers, which I think is called Lighthouse. And it was a special when I bought the earrings. It's called Lightbox. Lightbox. Thank you. How'd you figure that out so quickly? Dr. Google found it for you? Yep, Dr. Google. Um, So De Beers has it as like a defensive move, knowing that if you can't beat them, join them. And so they're in that space. And it was just a temporary promotion where they had one carat, and they are gorgeous. I mean, Lane wears them constantly. Gorgeous one carat diamond stud earrings, one carat each, not total weight. And they were $1,800 for the set, which apparently is a very good price. And these people that sell the Lab Createds constantly do promotionals. So you just got to keep watching. And I just want you to know, though, you give any of these Lab Created Diamond sellers your email address. It's like all these other sellers that, that send us emails all the time. Uh, you will have more emails than you want. A lot of them with creating a sense of urgency about a sale that's a non-sale sale. And then other times there will be a real deal. Lisa in Georgia got a call from quote-unquote Amazon calling for authorization of a $999 iPhone 11 purchase. Said press one to decline payment, two to accept. Of course I hung up, but I wonder what would have happened if I'd pressed one. I know you like to hear about scams that could hurt those who don't recognize what's happening. Lisa, thank you for mentioning this. I did a a story on TV about this just two weeks ago. Uh, So this is a constant problem with people getting these messages saying, hey, we're, we're from Amazon. It's uh, Very often it is Amazon, but it can be others. And did you really order this? And then what happened in the one that I did on TV is a human answers and then gets information out of you so they can get you know do all kinds of mischief. So know that if you get one of these what are known as pretext phone calls, that this is a scam and no, it's not coming from Amazon. Amazon is not at fault here. This is a criminal using how uh, big a market Amazon represents, using their name and their reputation as a way to engage in fraud and theft. And I want to thank you so much for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.